There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Favorite Disneyland snack. Go. Oh. Um, churro. And you know what? I, I love going back there now because now they have flavors. Like there was right? one that was like caramel apple and it was caramel with chunks of cinnamon apple on top of the churro. Like if it couldn't get any of a higher calorie count, it's like, boom, they just yeah, make they, it. They find but a then way to I do it. Always, I, you know what's funny too? Is <laughs> it gives me the excuse to like not be rude to the OG and get another churro just later on. Oh, that, so I think I that's fair. I think because you're experimenting. It's like, well, I have, they right, also have different like, colors. There's like Sleeping Beauty one is purple. I think there's one that's purple. There's one that's blue. So there's yes. also, it's, you know, you have to try everything. And then you're right. You can't be cheating on your wife. So you yeah, got to go back to your, by the way, uh, totally correct answer. I was going to say Thank exactly you. the same okay, thing. Okay, good. I was, I'm so, no, I always get so nervous that I'm not going to pass your test. There's, it's not a test. There's no <laughs> I test. I know, I'm kidding. I'm There's kidding. No, no but, but you passed Okay, so one. yours is churro too then? Yeah, mine is churro as well. The churro okay. or the Mickey beignets. But the churro is my, is, is the original one. Have you tried the yeah. Dole Whip? 
my husband's favorite that between that and those the pickle like jordan's like such a pickle person okay he says those are like the most i'm i'm hit or miss with pickles he said they're the most crisp like they're they're so that monroe is popcorn all day if i don't get her popcorn she drives me crazy but it's great because she'll also i'll choose the popcorn time when we're going to be in the longest line smart because she's like content Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. If anything, anyone listening to this podcast will know how to do Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah, that's all (laughs) we need. Right. I'm also going (laughs) to absolutely need a Jordan is a pickle person shirt. (laughs) Okay. Um, Just so you know. He's going to hate that. All right. Just got in trouble, I'm sure. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Well, welcome to Magical Rewind, the show that makes you want to grab your friends, your PJs, and your popcorn and go back to a time when all the houses were smart the Waves Tsunamis, and the High School's Musical. I'm Will Friedle. And I'm Sabrina Bryan. And here we go. Our third, Our third movie. movie. And it is perfectly in line with Magical mm-hmm. Rewind. Oh, get that. It is a huge fan favorite. Yes. <laughs> it is the competitive rollerblading drama Brink. And I'm saying that right because it's not just Brink. It's Brink. It's Brink. With an exclamation yes. point. Absolutely. Uh, And if you can believe it, this movie, which, by the way, is available on Disney Plus, so go watch it, is adapted from an 1865 novel, Hans Brinker, or The Silver Skates by Mary Mapes Dodge. It was the third ever Disney Channel original movie, debuting on August 29th, 1998, had a perfect runtime of 99 minutes. They really do hit that. It's not too, you say what you want about Disney movies, but they're not too long, usually. Right. Which is great. And they're... They don't leave you with, oh, I just wish I could have had a little bit more either. Yeah, this will. Yeah, we'll get into this being enough. Um, And so very quick. What do you think? What do you think? I feel like you're going to just completely crush my dreams today. No, not at all. (laughs) What do I think? I, you know, I was really excited to watch it over. It was one of my favorites growing up. I mean, oh. Talk about a heartthrob. I could watch it over and over again, and I did. So it was very, very fun to rewatch. Okay. All right. Well, let's just say back in 2012, Complex ranked this as their number one DCOM of all time, while Entertainment Weekly has it number four. (sighs) I I mean, that's 14 years after it aired. That's... Yes, which is saying that it held up. Yes. But... Okay. I... I'm going to continue. This is after, by the way, I would say 2012 has to be, it's definitely after the first Cheetah Girls movie, way after. Right. And there had to be at least one or two high school musicals at this time. Right. So it's still, and we're talking Cadet Kelly and Johnny Tsunami and all these have been out. These, all the OG ones are out and they're still ranking this number one, which leads me to believe that the good people at Complex and Entertainment Weekly hadn't actually seen the film. Uh, it was directed by a seasoned TV and movie director, a name we're going to say so many times in this podcast, Greg Beeman. Yes. Uh, he did everything. The god. The god of DCOMs. He also made the 1988 Corey's movie, which some people would argue was the Corey's at their best. We can get into that argument later because there are plenty of ways where you could go with Lost Boys and other things, but License to Drive and a ton of DCOMs, including the original Under Wraps and Bushwhacked, hundreds of TV shows. One of the things that usually isn't listed here that was one of my 
favorite movies growing up, though, was Mom and Dad Save the World, which was a great movie uh, <laughs> that was just so funny. Um, it stars Eric Von Detten, who I uh, think we've already. <laughs> what up, just, Eric? Just uh, that's all you get from Sabrina. Just. Uh, who is a true Disney heartthrob <laughs> right off the set of Days of Our Lives. Uh, but he was also in Escape from Witch Mountain, The Princess Diaries. But he's also really well known now as uh, the bully Sid in the Toy Story movies, which I didn't know. And he was great in those. He was a, a great Sid. Did you go back and listen to it? I didn't, but I will. I mean, I could hear it in my head. Voice is not recognizable. It doesn't add up. Fact check it. It is him. <laughs> but... It does not sound like him. It sounds like him when he was like super little. So he really, I mean, good, did a great job. Yeah. They might tweak it a bit. I'm not saying they have. As a voiceover actor, you never want to assume that they're tweaking your audio. He could just be killing it, which is certainly a possibility. But it doesn't. It doesn't sound like him at, at all. all. It shocked me. I, I literally had to go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that's amazing. And then we got Sam Horrigan, who plays Val, the villainous arch rival. <sighs> Val. Was this ever for you... Like a uh, what? What was it with the vampire and wolf movie where everybody picked a side? The vampire, what? Whatever the hell those movies were. Twilight. Twilight. Was this a Twilight thing where you either liked Eric Von Detten or you liked Sam Horgan or was everybody just Team Eric Von Detten? I mean, because wasn't there like was like Taylor Lautner and the other dude from the, the yeah, Twilight movie? Yeah. You know what? Yes. That was this. That was so. This. Was was mm-hmm. Sam Horgan? Was he a crush too? Was he a no? No. 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 Not no, his, no, his eyebrows were far too defined for me. <laughs> so I'm learning no. so much about you to, to, to know <laughs> that. Okay, did so, you not notice that? Seriously, you didn't notice it at all. I didn't. They are perfectly. Quaffed. I couldn't get past the dreamy hair. And yes, his hair is amazing too. Yes. Okay, so perfectly yeah. quaffed is not a bad thing. No, he played Spike in Little Giants and appeared in two episodes of Boy Meets World. He did. Have we? Uh, he did? Did you not remember him? I did not remember him. I can't remember which one. I don't know if wow. we've actually covered them on Pod Meets World yet. So Spike in Little Giants, if I remember right, is also kind of a villainous character. He is? Okay. I feel like. I feel like. Little Giants was also one of my really, like, favorite movies, but I cannot remember exactly. There's so many kids in that movie that I can't remember exactly, but uh-huh. I'm almost positive he was, like, more of, like, on the bad team or the, the mean team. Okay. Wait a second. Producer Jensen was... Was Sam Horrigan, was he the guy in Danielle's first episode who tries to get through the, 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 um, break? He is. He, he is. is. So yeah. he's the main bully guy. He's yeah. a bully there too. Yeah. He, I think okay. he just, he's only plays jerks. He found a niche. Yeah. He found it. Hey, it works. He does it great. He does it great. He did. Okay. So that, so then we have covered Sam. Thank you, Jensen. And then, okay, and then he also plays. Another, he's in another episode as well. Um, he doesn't play the same character as most don't in Boy Meets World. No, of course not. What? But, but he does show up again. He does. Okay. And have we covered that second one or no? Yes. He's we also, have. yeah, he comes and goes. Yeah, listen, he doesn't, I don't think he has much of a speaking role, but he shows up twice and I don't even think he has a name. He's like school kid too. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay. No yes. worries. No, okay. Out. I remembered that first one. That's good. And right. then I, I will say it out loud. The person who I thought stole the movie. Same is Christina Vidal. Ugh. She was incredible. Girl power on the highest level, just killing it. And that, 
that was what I think also was a big draw for me sure. back then. Because I went through like a tomboy stage in my like elementary days. This was like hitting junior high when I was like kind of shedding that and going more back to the like girly side, finding my femme, like, you know, vibe. And but this movie was like, yeah, like I liked being outside and playing yeah. soccer and all that kind of stuff. And like she was such a badass. Like so badass girl. And she was sassy as hell. And not nobody once she spoke, if she said, like, how about I kick your butt in like any sort, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And way ahead of her time. Hands off. Way ahead of her time with stuff yes. like, don't call me. Don't, mm-hmm. What is up with guys and all that stuff like that? Yes. Way ahead of her time. So, okay, I'm get, again, I'm trying, we're learning each other as people. So, badass girl coupled with cute boy and you're in. Yes. Okay. I, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out the formula. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, she played the only real female in the movie except for Brink's mom. Right. And his oh, little, and sister, little sister, which we'll get into the, the, the new Disney horrible little sister trope. Um, <laughs> she played Gabriella and her IMDb is it's all over the place. She's working off the charts all the time and stuff like Welcome to the Dollhouse, the, the WWE Kane horror movie, See No Evil, Freaky Friday. She My was favorite. on shows like she was a, a great singer in that. Oh, that's right. Because she's a singer as well. Well, again, yes. Disney synergy. That's when you find out that she's like this incredible singer. She had this whole music career too, right? With with Will Will Smith and mm-hmm. not. She was on the remix of "Nod Your Head," and it's. But she every time she was on film, she just stole the scene. Yeah, she shines. Yeah. She shines, shines. There's a Love reason it. for that, though. And one of the reasons for that is that some of the acting in this movie is not the best. <laughs> okay. If we're honest, all right, some all right. of it is not the best, which I, is, I, yep. it's actually bad, some of it. I mean, because <laughs> we've now come off of two two movies and we're biased because there are films, but right. and that we had criticism, criticisms for the movies that we were in, but the sure. acting wasn't one of them. My acting wasn't great at the beginning of my date with the president's daughter, but got better. You can but... break it down. You can because it is kid, it is younger actors, so you can obviously always break it down, right? There's, sure. But this, some of it was just not the best at times. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice because we are try. I'm trying to remember that I'm. This is going to sound odd. I try to watch these things as if I'm 13 or 14. Sure. Because yes. if you're watching it through the lens of That's a 47-year-old it. man, it's like, come on, you, you, it's ridiculous. So I mean, a lot of times I can't help myself. There was a lot of safety issues in this movie oh, that yeah. I just really couldn't get past. <laughs> the safe the safety is not even yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the <laughs> oh, and again, we also do want to shout out to the late David Graff, who passed yes. away. Uh he was so young. He was only uh 50. In 2001, he played Brink's dad, and he was known to everybody from the 80s incredibly funny movies uh police academy as officer tackleberry and was so funny in those movies but then the character that he ended up having to play was not obviously not my favorite oh the dad (laughs) well let's get into the synopsis of the film so everybody can follow along hopefully they have watched or will watch after this but andy but after after my review they may not go watch everyone go watch (laughs) andy brink brinker is the best inline skater at the beach 
he and his fun-loving crew, the Soul Skaters, have a fierce rivalry with the corporate-sponsored X-Blades and their cocky bully of a captain. When a spot on X-Blades opens up, Brink feels compelled to take it, hoping to financially help his family, but he knows it'll destroy friendships with his own team. When the competition gets personal after the X-Blades captain resorts to sabotage, where will his loyalties lie? Uh, I'm also saying it properly, X-Blades where a number of characters in the film, including the guy who, like, owns the team, for two scenes calls it X-Blade. He doesn't even get what? the name of his own team right. He calls it you X-Blade. You got it, Sabrina sees that. I, you caught something <laughs> I did not catch. He, he ju- the whole time he's like, welcome, you're going to join X-Blade. And I'm <laughs> sitting going, Blades. It's X-Blades. It's, it's in a giant. It says right there on their shirt, sir. It's Yeah, it's in a <laughs> sign behind him. He's like, welcome to X-Blade. I'm like, no, it's not. But did this bring you right back to being 13? I mean, it totally were you did. able to just watch the movie like you were 13? Okay, so I was so giddy. Just like, here we go. Here we go. So excited. <laughs> of course, heartthrob comes, comes to on. You know what I mean? Brink enters and he's just like zipping through the house all the stuff meets up with everyone the rollerblade scene down to the beach area you know that whole thing i was just so excited and then probably about 10 to 15 i was kind of like ah oh, like this is so much cornier than what i remember still the, there was parts that came up like the finale to me just the incredible talent that was out there like those doubles and every like what they were doing the tricks the way they shot it I love I was like yes like it ended on a good note for me that way but yeah at first it was kind of like wow this is like not as cool I remember (laughs) being a little cooler okay but I still really enjoyed it because it's still I still know the the storyline I know where it's going okay you know was it hard for you to even make it to the end? No. The second okay. time it was. Because I watched these movies multiple times. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the, I yeah. I was so ready to love this movie. This is right in my wheelhouse. I grew up on Rad, BMX Bandits, the uh, North Shore, all of these kind of X Games type of yes. inline skating, skateboarding, BMXing. That is my wheelhouse. And you give me the good team against the bad team with some kind of trick they have to nail at the end. And it's like a <laughs> dance movie for for me. I am in all in. the way hook, line and sinker. So I was like, I'm going this to is- love this film. And then I press play and... <laughs> Right. Well, right off the bat, he he comes down the stairs. He's doing everything fine. You get the typical, the dad's kind of a dick to him right away. So mean. Like, hey, what are you running out of the house to go to school? It was a strange way to start the character right away. Then his friends are waiting for him at the bus stop. He's late. He's deciding to run to the bus stop, by the way, instead of rollerblading everywhere, which is what he should have done. So he's running to the bus stop. The bus drives by the three of them and they're like, great, we missed the bus. The bus didn't stop. (laughs) So how did they miss anything? They were not apparently were just sitting on a bench. It wasn't the bus stop. So that made no sense. Well, it didn't look in any way like a bus stop either, though. But they're, but they're sitting there going, he's late. We're going to miss the bus. The bus drives by without pausing even briefly. And they're like, there it goes. Well, it didn't stop for you, dudes. You're at the wrong place. <laughs> then he comes and says, here's what we should do. We should skate 
to where we're going. But in the beginning, they said they're going to Venice, but they're going to stop by the Santa Monica Pier, which is like 70 miles apart. It's not, but it's so it's very far, though. It's very, very far. But I I was so prepared to love this movie. And I'm going to throw out something. I don't even think this is the best rollerblading movie. I think Airborne in 1993 was a better rollerblading movie with Shane McDermott and it had Seth Green, Jack Black was in it. That was a better rollerblading movie than this. But that was a like a big yeah. film. Yeah. But the, I mean, you can okay, still. But, well, that's not what we're doing here. But, we are going to decoms. Like we... I know, but still it's, you can pull out a good rollerblading movie for decoms. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible... Uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I mean... I see what you're saying. Really? The bus stop movie? I was like, gosh, why wouldn't they just get on him and text him? Oh, that's right. They're in the they can't, 90s. They can't, it's the 90s. They can't just text him that they're late. Get on and be like, all right, meet us there. Clearly you're late. Dummy. We'll see you there. Like, it, well, that's no. a perfect, perfect uh, segue into how 90s this movie yes. was. Yes. I mean, super 90s all the way around. The soundtrack was probably one of my favorite parts. And it that's I what I think I really... Ex- it was so good. There was so many times that the music came on and I was like, this is a good song for like, especially it being the third decom for them to have such a great yeah. soundtrack was really awesome. Um, there was one part though during the finale where it's like a really slow melody and it was very depressing it was depressing but they're still doing tricks and stuff like that yes yeah and it was like okay i don't understand this but other than that there was one tiny little thing other than that the soundtrack is like if that was your that was like my style of music i loved it i was so in and just so excited and remembering i don't disagree the soundtrack was great now here's a question the slang (laughs) that's what i was going to ask you is because we're from different generations i had to learn my cheetah chatter well that's a fully made-up situation. It is that wasn't not, like anything real people were saying. It is part of my life. Do not crunch my corn chips. <laughs> okay. So, did you, had you heard of bagging on people and beef and all this stuff back in the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was like when I was like, like 98 was like junior high for me. Okay. So, yeah, that was all bagging, poser, mad cool. Did you have beef um, with anybody in middle school? 
know. No? I was five foot. Well, I didn't have. You can still have. I'm guessing Gabriella was five foot two. She had beef. <laughs> no, you do not try to have beef in junior high when you're five foot and can't do anything about it. You keep it chill. All right. Okay. You just try to just get along with everyone. <laughs> I don't even think I was five foot. No, I was like four ten. Oh, you weren't even high. five foot. Oh yeah, I was little. And could you aerial already? Were you already aerial? Oh yeah, duh. oh of course. Of already course, doing this. What about yeah. the clothes? The clothes, okay, were great. I wish I would like. I I don't have my my mom. I keep have my still make my mom have these like albums that I want to keep forever. She did an album of junior high, and I wore Scott like this the pants that were high rise and just so baggy yeah. they look like a big denim skirt but it wasn't it was two pairs of pants and like tiny and like the visors i wore visors they're so bad that's all back isn't it i don't know much of fashion but i think it's back isn't it uh i have not seen visors that way Maybe no not the visors not that no it's more uh no no it's not there. the big pants big skate shirt stuff is back though isn't it yeah yeah okay because I thought they were, uh, uh, you know, Gabriella especially, I thought, was pretty, pretty hip throughout that entire yeah. thing. And definitely she was, you know, I mean, she looks like she could, she would definitely be able to wear those outfits now here in 2024 for sure. However, it would still be on the Disney Channel because she's wearing like two tank tops or a shirt and a top. Yep. She's wearing so many layers and that's a little Disney oh, just it to make sure. It Disney, can't be spaghetti ABC, strap. It's got to yeah. be a thick strap with a spaghetti strap over in order to look like a spaghetti. You know, you got to gotta keep it, keep it, Keep it PG, P, not even PG, yes. keep it G, essentially, is what you <laughs> yeah. got to do. Um, conservative, conservative. Okay. That, I, I mean, that makes sense. So the hair was also fully 90s on brand. Middle parts all over the place. I have a question for you. You yeah. being my in-house hair <laughs> god. Um... <laughs> So I noticed this with them. I really don't remember this part of that time. Um, your hair in Boy Meets World and President's um, daughter, President's daughter was similar. Right. However, it was I would say a little bit more fluffier. Okay. Where he looks like he has some product in it. It almost looks like a greasier version. Yeah. What is the difference? It's ah, a good question. And it's because, and then. Is it a style or is Val it just. also has, like, they both have the long kind of skater hair, but the different mm -hmm. versions of the skater hair. He has the puffier version. I, so. Or and, fluffier. Yeah. Until I met Lori Heaps, who's the woman who still does my hair, does Danielle's hair, did all of our hair on Boy Meets World from, like, the third season on. Wow. Um, when my hair was long, she was the one who would do, like, the blowout and the product. So mine mm. became more of the main Okay. Until then, it would just, it just hung. Okay. So I don't think I used any product, whereas they, I mean, first of all, we, we can say whatever we want about Eric Von Detten, maybe not the the strongest performance we've seen of his um, going through the film, but his hair is magical. Yes. Magical. That's what I wanted my hair to look like, but it never could. He just had that perfect hair. I disagree. I feel like you had great hair, but you're going to keep, I know you're going to keep going against me on it. Maybe, but not to that extent. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> I see. I prefer the cleaner look versus like the, I didn't love all the product. Right. So like, it looked like he kind of needed a shower. Because it wasn't doing anything. Like, I don't mind product that like turns it into a style. Right. It was just product that was like, I don't even, I wasn't sure. That's why I was wondering what it was for.
It also, they never, when they take off their helmets, the hair is still magical. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. There's no helmet It's got to be Disney. Disney does not allow helmet head. Right? Clearly. Or this like, matted no. hair from sweat as you're rollerblading everywhere. You still pull it off and there's like yes. a wind machine on you. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is awesome. Everyone still continues to have their Beyonce moments. Like there's, there is zero chance anyone's going to go out there looking like a rag doll. Like everyone is gorgeous. So it has yes. to be. So before we break <laughs> down a couple of the scenes, you mentioned something that I think we need to talk about a little bit. Okay. And again, trying not to just bash, bash, bash. But well, you can't because I you can't bust my bubble <laughs> you over can't here. Ruin this you for cannot me. ruin Brink for me. Okay, so. good. Good. I'm not trying to ruin Brink for anybody. I'm just pointing out some <laughs> things that are a little uh, strange. You mentioned the montage at the end uh, with the the music going. Mm-hmm. The montages in this film were odd, to say the least. Um, for instance. He, his dad says to him, I got you a job. Uh, and he's already now on the team. He's his friend. The soul skaters don't know that he's, he's switched to, to team blades. Uh, team blades is making him work twice as hard. Cause Val's a dick. They, his dad gets him a job and he has school. So it cuts right from him going, all right, let's do this to what they seem to have you sense is the first day he's had to do this. And by 7 a.m., he's exhausted. (laughs) By noon, he's asleep at the lunch table. This right now, for the record, is just a normal day of school. So the montage, it's like, could we have established it a little that we're a week into this, maybe? So right. it, it doesn't look like, well, here we go, my first day ever. Why can't I get out of bed at 7 a.m. when I normally get out of bed every day? Right. Yes. So, However, I can tell you right yeah. now, knowing so many high schoolers, you add one little thing extra to their schedule, it is truly the end. Great. And they are... Done ski. But so, nothing was added and he was asleep at lunch. The new stuff didn't come till later in the day. I did. I feel like he could have worn. Yeah. They could have made it seem like this was like multiple days in a row. Like he's now, it's just exhausting him. Absolutely. Sure. Right? Yes. There was a lot of montages at the very end. And I get why they had to do that because there's so many teams competing and you've got to show where people are placing. That's a that's a typical totally. sports movie trope. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe they added like that slower one to kind of break up the, the like speed and the height of yeah. it. Like they, you know, like, I don't know, but I could have used another epic ska song. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was in. I was like, yes, give me more. Some kind of 90s. And I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah, Real ah. Big Fish or some kind of ska band coming in and doing something like that would have been awesome. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. What I was thinking, though, like, you know, some movies during these things, like, it's funny to me that they didn't try to pull, like, all of a sudden a random stage with a random band. A Disney band out of nowhere? A Disney band. I was kind of like, knowing that, because I know the movie, knowing it wasn't happening, but I was kind of like, Ah, like that kind of, <laughs> I kind of miss it. Like, that's so funny. You know, that was so. discussed at some Disney level. They were like, how do we get a band? Maybe there's a band playing live when there's that, you know, they tried to do that because of the synergy. Probably. They, they might have, yeah, maybe they couldn't find anyone, but. It was just, it was so the montage was odd to me. But I will say this. One of the things they did 
they were focusing on the trope that's in every one of these movies is the early epic battle that takes place between the good team and the bad team. And this starts his first day at school. So we are, of course, talking about um, the racing scene uh, between Team Soul Skater, I guess, until they become the, the, their new name at the end. They are Team Soul Skater, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and Team <laughs> X-Blades. Um, yeah. There's beef, mm-hmm. like you do, between the teams. Yeah. And they decide to settle it the way that everything should be settled with a race through school. Now, here's the odd part for me. And again, totally nitpicking. But rollerblading is not allowed at school. So they decide to use the entire school as a racetrack. Yeah. Okay. It is during this time, there were signs all over every school. No rollerblades, no skateboards. You weren't allowed to to skateboard. You weren't even allowed to skateboard or rollerblade to school. Like you'd get in trouble from a security guard at the front of the school, right? So, but it still happened. And it's because obviously Wait, this was your in your school? Yes. So you couldn't even skate there? No, no. They didn't even allow you to, like, skateboard there because obviously they know what would happen, you know, at during breaks and lunch times. Because ba- the biggest reason is obviously that kids get hurt, but it also is very destructive to, like, campus, like, sure. property. Sure, So this, that struck, that struck me so crazy, too. Like, you're kidding. So you're going to do it during you're not even going to do this after school like guys come on we're going to do something like kind of crazy like let's do it when there isn't a whole faculty on campus and not a teacher in sight by the way where were the security guards that like walk around school they were where in the lunchroom i don't know i love that it's not allowed on school property and it wasn't allowed for you in real life on school property when the actual skateboarding craze in the 70s was created due to the way that high schools were built Yes, but that happened on the weekends and after school. Yeah, you'd have to. But I, I guess that's true. But you, you'd fit. It's also the 70s. So it was like, yeah, kind of go do what you got to do. Um, but yes, they they say, look, it's not allowed on school property. We're going to get in trouble. And then he says, based kind of, are you a chicken? And so, well, then not only do we have to have a race right now, <laughs> but we've got to go through the hallways of our school with the entire school watching and hope we don't get caught. I had a. You got me moment during this scene. What? <laughs> oh, no. When, and they always crack me up because I'm just like, come on, Sabrina, get a little quicker here. <laughs> they're setting up this thing. So I'm excited, but I'm like, why are they, where are they taking these trash cans? What are they doing with it? That is so odd. And then they put them down and walk away. Like no one says anything about these like random trash cans. In the middle of the hallway. Yeah. I'm also trying to figure out his, like the guest star who's next to him. Like, who are you? I know who you are, but I couldn't think that, that I know we're going to cover in a minute, but the trash cans get put down. I have no idea why they didn't say anything about it. And then during the race, I was like, oh, that's right. Okay. (laughs) It's part of the course. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't get that at all. And I've seen the movie probably 15 to 20 times back in the day. And I literally was like, that is so weird. And like, no one's going to mention anything about these random trash cans. They're just moving. 
on that's campus. It, well, they thought it's just, just recycling time before. Yeah. Like, they get, <laughs> let's let's first everybody so, before we have this illegal race, let's clean up. If everybody could just grab a piece of trash, yeah, put it in the can. Because I feel like they pick them up before they even start talking about this race that they're about to have. He does. He does. He's as he's talking. And, and we, we should at least very briefly talk about Val being a pretty good bad guy. Oh, he was great. You know, it's one of those things where he shined a bit as as the bad guy. You hate him instantly. You continue to hate him. They make him cartoony, but you're supposed to. It's a Disney Channel movie. Sure. So he's a good bad guy. I thought he was out of the cast, probably the best rollerblader as well. He's like they were able to use a lot of him. Yes. Doing tricks where you saw his face. He was in the air like you. You know what I mean? Like not that the other actors didn't, but like he probably was a rollerblader. That's what I thought, too. Yes. Bomb rollerblader is on his resume. (laughs) All dialects. Bomb rollerblader horseback riding. (laughs) Hey, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to chime in, but I do. Yeah. Have, I have, do have a question for both you guys. It's Jensen, producer, uh, husband of the podcast. <laughs> I couldn't understand what times it was the actor and what times it was a stunt double. Did you? I thought that it was mostly the actor, but it's not. It's definitely not the actors. No, that's what I was saying. Why were they so good at hiding the actor? Because you're spinning so fast, maybe. The hair was on point. The like, hair, even Gabrielle. Gabrielle is stunt double what i mean it looked just like her like yes. she's like and again it being a female awesome pro rollerblader like that was pretty impressive i will say and disney channel is certainly not cgiing other people's no, faces no. on especially in a decom in 98 no not in brain no i did watch with my son i watched et recently and there's a scene where they're like biking really fast away from yeah away from the cops and they put on helmets and they put on their hoods. And then there's just 45 year old men biking through, right. you know, thousand Oaks. So like this didn't look like it. No, they always did close-ups on faces. Yes, That's the thing is I think they were actually good rollerbladers and mm-hmm. would allow them to do some of the stunts. Cause there's even some of like the rail slides that look like they're the actors. Doing yeah. It. Well, the, there's definitely part of in the, the initial scene down to, to Venice and Santa Monica where they're going down a, a waterfall and it's steps, yes, the steps and you can see the actors doing that close up. So I don't know how hard it was, but they were definitely doing some of it. And then the like, extreme ones you is when it was farther back type of thing so oh, we've got to find out if it's actually still, but still even the close-ups even the minimal tricks are not actorable like they're no no like pros. listen i had i had rollerblade on my resume at that time i could not do what these actors <laughs> were doing. i should have definitely not had that I mean, we, all, we all had it we all had it on our headshot resume of course i didn't yeah like i could rollerblade around like in a circle yeah <laughs> better than me not like this this was awesome. I don't know how they did it. I'd love to know what their training was because they obviously, I bet you they had some type of one to two week like intensive, don't you think? I don't think so. I think you're going to be shocked to find out that they had nothing to do with it and they're just really they good at hiding the stunt. They were just all awesome. Yeah. If they're, yeah, because if they're under 18, which some of them had to be, yeah. they're not going to let them do their own stunts. There's no, no way. No. no. Also, one kid falls and he's out for weeks. Right. Yeah, right? 
So right? Right. And no Gabriella way. wipes out badly and she has to take four days off. It doesn't make any sense. Online, it does say who that is. That's a female rollerblader that stepped in for her. But by the way, they're not like identical or anything. This director, who ends up becoming a pretty big wig in Hollywood eventually, but like that director just did a really good job. Great job. It was kind of seamless. There's, I, I paused it a couple times where you could tell. A few times. But, but with how barely. much rollerblading they do in this movie, a few times is like Very nothing. impressive. All right. Well, Very, that's yes. my contribution. Goodbye, all. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was crazy. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I have to ask, though, have you ever rollerbladed? Were you like a rollerblader? That is two very different questions. Have I ever rollerbladed? <laughs> yes, I've strapped things to my feet that have wheels on them. Okay. Am I a rollerblader? No. And the funniest okay. thing was I have, this has now happened to me twice. So anything with wheels or skates, I can go straight very well. I can neither turn nor stop, uh, which makes, makes those things difficult. And I, I told the story on, uh, the po- on uh, Pod Meets World where when I skated with Nancy Kerrigan, when I ice skated, Disney bought me these beautiful ice skates and I was kind of stumbling around on the ice with her. And I looked at her, I said, are these good skates? And she said, way too good for you. Um, (laughs) And the same thing happened to me with the, so the oxygen company, which I think was like, that wasn't a line. She literally, (laughs) she she said it with a smile. She's a, she's a sweet person, but she was like, they're way too good for you. Um, (laughs) And then I was wearing uh, so the uh, so Oxygen was a brand that made these top of the line rollerblades, and they okay. had given a pair to myself to Ryder, I think, to Danielle because Ryder Strong and Danielle Fischel did an inline skating tutorial thing. So they gave me this pair of Oxygens, and I put them on, and I was right outside my apartment in Burbank, and these four or five kids that could have been out of brink, and I say it like that with the exclamation point. <laughs> dressed the same way, literally came skating up to me, skated around me. Man, those are so cool. He's got oxygens. And then one guy said, if only he knew how to use them and took off down the street. And so (laughs) I stumbled my way back in. So that is my entire rollerblading career right there wrapped up for you. So the answer is no. You said you had, you could do it though, at least in a circle. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could, I could go, I could not go to like a park and go down rails or anything like that. Oh no. But I could do a good amount. There was, I danced a lot in the industry and there was like a part where, a time where there were like many of my friends that, um, 
were on like rollerblade dance teams okay. that like would go and perform and stuff. Um, I maybe did one or two of those, but I didn't really like it that much. Like it was kind of like, eh, I don't love it. But um, a lot of my friends were really into it. Okay. On that, on that dancer right. level, I had a lot of a lot of friends into it. It was big. It was big. I mean, I had friends that could do like back tucks on their yeah, that's their crazy. Stuff. You know what I mean? Like insane. That's, like that's crazy. the other thing I want to say, and this is just me being a neophyte and having no idea about rollerblading. It doesn't seem like there's a whole bunch of tricks. It seems like you go up and you spin around and you grab your feet. That's kind you of know, it. Maybe you stick a leg out. You slide down something, maybe right. you do a flip, but on skateboards, you're flipping the board, you're doing, the, you're flipping a bike around on rollerblades. It seems like they're doing the same five tricks over and over again. If I'm yeah. honest. I also feel like during the Winter Olympics, like watching like some of those sports that like, I just don't know enough about it. It all looks so good to me. Like it all looks amazing. That's the thing is I just don't know. Right. I just don't know. But yeah. a lot of it looks very, very similar. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you hear the like announcer that's like reviewing it and it's like, they're saying different words and you're like, no, but he just did the same. Oh, he's not. It's not something. It's not the same. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming. And there's no one to explain it to yeah. me because my husband doesn't know anything either. So we just watch it because it looks amazing and it's the Olympics. So it's like different. We've gotten so off track because we were in the race. They're racing through high school. Yes. And then his friend wipes out. Not not his friend. No, no. He, well, Val's friend. Val's teammate. Val's friend. Yeah, because we're yes, talking about yeah. Val's friend. Not, uh, not Brink's friend, of not course. Brinks. Not a soul skater. But one of the no. team X-Blades members wipes out in school where everything's been set up. Like you were saying, they have tables to jump over. They have yes. uh, uh, it's epic. garbage it's cans. It's cool. And of course, it all has to be under the cover of day in the middle of school, so nobody sees them. Um, and so he falls, and that's it, it, the the actor who plays him. Um, his name is Walter, and I I know Walter. He was oh, you do? I do. He was the a uh, Power Ranger for years and years and years. And he and I studied, and when I say studied, he was amazing. I went for seven months. Uh, we studied under the same grandmaster, uh, Hapkido in Burbank together in the nineties. And he was an incredible athlete and martial artist. I mean, flipping around the studio backflip while kicking all these amazing things. And then I hurt myself opening the door. Um, <laughs> but he and I met there and then we just ran into each other at a convention six months ago, eight months ago, and he came up and said hi to all of us again. Super nice guy, but he was a Power Ranger, and I thought he was great. Yes. Again, I had to stop after because I told you at first starting, when I looked at Val's friend, I'm like, who are you? I know you are. Who are you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I, like, put it together? And then I went on, like, IMDb and figured it out, and I was like, you're the Black Power Ranger! <laughs> yeah, right? Black Power was Ranger. Was that the color? Was he green? No, he was... No, he was. He was the Black Power Ranger. Yes, the black one. Yes. Yeah, because gr green was, um, uh, I think, uh, 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 JDF, Jason David Frank, I think was the green okay. one before he came the White Ranger. Um, but yes. Yeah. Amazing. So cool. Well, okay, we've I've bashed enough. And I think because I've bashed, I'll do the one-star review. We're going to do our real reviews again. And Perfect. our real reviews, as you know, are reviews taken right off the internet machine. We are not changing them or uh, obfuscating in any way, shape, or form. And so we do a one-star review, one out of five, and we do a five-star review. So I'll, uh, since I seem to be the one who can't get out of my own way when it comes to this, this perfect 
rollerblading movie. Uh, this is from Benjamin Grounds, who gave it one out of five stars, who said, movie is a shallow metaphor for corporate greed that insults the viewer's intelligence. That's, I think, going to, I, I, I didn't get that. I don't even, like, I mean, I that is such a small portion of the storyline. I get like, the sentiment of though. I get the sentiment I, though. Like how does how does no one, including his father, how does nobody say to this kid, "This is something you love, and you found a way to make money doing it." That's the goal. Then you're never go. You never go to work a day in your life. You found something you love that you can make money at. Good for you. Nope, never mentioned. Yeah. It was the worst thing in the world to be able yeah. to do what you love. Even, his, even the group, even the that, group. Right. The soul friends. skaters. I don't get it. Okay. It's, why don't you do the five out of five I get, star review? I get the idea of wanting to have the heart, but like, it just, to me, it was like, right. that started to bother me the second time I was watching it. The first time I totally enjoyed it. But then when I was like trying to break it down a little bit more, I was like, this message is kind of wonky to me. Like the general message. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to get to do the five out of five stars by Justin Tan. Literally the best movie I have ever seen in my life. One of the most important and influential movies. I saw it when I was seven. My favorite part of this quote. And now I go to Harvard. (laughs) Oh, I wonder if he's on the Harvard inline skate team. It's like, and now I go to Harvard. So So I'm correct. I am right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the family situation, so though, for Brink. So great reviews. Sorry. I, I, I yes. couldn't get past this because the family yes. situation. He's got oh. a dad who is a very negative guy. And they, they come up and it's not a bad way to go with it because they say this guy's on disability. And so he's obviously hurt himself at the on the job. He doesn't feel like maybe he's supporting his family the way he should be. So not a bad way to come into the or like a bad character way to come into it, though. It was very, very negative. Um, always seems to be pointed to his son, always talking about how his daughter is the real kid and see she's normal and what's wrong with him and just bashing this poor kid. Who just overhears that his family needs money and so wants to do something. Hey, I'm good at this. I can go. And goes against all of his like built in morals. Like he is such a good friend. This guy is like so nice. He gave up his life. Such a sweetheart. Yeah. He gave up his life and his friends to help us for $200 a week, which I did a little bit of research. The minimum wage at the time was $5.15. So if this kid even just worked three or four hours after school every day, he would have been making $170 a week anyway. So I think that I think team X blades should have, it should have been a little bit more money that he turned against all his friends for than $200 a week in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. Then we come to the mom's fine. She's the mom. She did several episodes of mash. So she's, okay in my book but then we come to the little sister what did you think of the little sister <laughs> well i recognized her she auditioned a lot during the t- i saw her at a, like a ton of auditions she okay. was a working like she was in tons yeah. of commercials i feel like she had this like she had one of those like remember when uh welch's grape juice used to have just really big national commercials oh yeah of course I she i think she had one of those um so i recognized her right away again i already knew she was in it but it was like oh <laughs> i remember her but she was such a mean little sister and i again it goes back to like 
you've got like such a nice big brother, like who doesn't seem to torment you like most big brothers with that age gap, I'm sure would. And you're such a brat. <laughs> it's also and, like zero confidence. Like even like the the stuff, but she's like kind of witty. I did like how she was like, you came home with a bag full of stuff that you didn't leave with. Like what's in the bag? You know, like she kind of, she, you could tell she was like on it. Fun stuff. Yeah. And he says, Nunya, Nunya business. He does Nunya. Yeah. <laughs> Who's worse, this little sister or the little sister in My Date with the President's Daughter? My Date with the President's Daughter. That I, I agree. I agree. But this one is, she, this one's wittier, but this one, even at the end, skate better. Yeah. Okay. Only can you say that if she's going to hop on that ramp and do, and do something, something and, awesome. Yeah. Oh, the hug. The hug at the end between him and his little sister is one of the funniest things. You Go back and watch it. He picks her up for a nanosecond, yeah. hugs with a quote unquote, and drops her like she's on fire. Yeah. It's, the fu- it's the funniest thing. It's like, hug, you're my sister. Uh, out. I, I never noticed that until we, this rewatch. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. Like, it made me go, ooh, was there some drama on set? Just, like, what was that about? That He was like, bye. <laughs> he just picked her could up not touch her for anything dropped her oh yeah it was so funny it was i loved that part actually just because oh, it was like at amazing the end, and you're already going this like little sister is just not but this seems nice. to be a disney trope the, the the brother who's nice the little sister who is favored by the parents and not a great little sister um right it just seems to be a Disney thing. We've now we're three movies in. We've seen this in two of the three movies already. So yeah. well, even honestly, that was something we didn't really cover in the Cheetah Girls. Like the Chuchi's little brother is like so unnecessary. It's almost yeah. like they they put these little siblings in just so that they're not an only child. Right. Doe's like, foster sister was cool. She was cool. She was one they did it right. She was just nice. She was so sweet. She was just the sweetest little little bugaboo. I loved her. So sweet. Yes. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. Stay Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcast. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, 
and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I think we should jump to 3.5 facts. What are the three and a half facts we have for this movie today, Sabrina? Oh, I love this. All right. So we mentioned the music in the movie, but the punk band Suicide Machines appears on the soundtrack, which is not only more cool and aggressive music than usually heard on the Disney Channel, but also a name you have to imagine would be censored now. 
Yeah, I would have to be, right? I, I would assume that. I don't think Disney would even allow that name on their soundtrack. I mean, whether they'd allow the band or not is a different conversation, but I don't think they'd allow the name anymore. They snuck that in there. Yeah. I've got a good one that I'd like to kind of supplement the next one with, if that's all right. Yes. So the director, Greg Beeman, because I'm such a nerd, I love this stuff, went on to become an executive producer and creator of Smallville. Oh, which is I love that. I mean, anything with with my friend Michael Rosenbaum. So, uh, yeah, I I love that he was big in the nerd community, too, which is not just the decom community, but the nerd community. Shout out to my nerd friends, uh, creator of Smallville. That's huge. Um, another one is though set in L.A. with shots of Venice Beach, Santa Monica and a skate park in Simi Valley. The movie was also filmed in Kirkland, Washington. It was pretty. I mean, say gorgeous. what you want about this movie, but the everything you got to see with the ocean in the background and even the skate parks were eclectic and looked cool. It was a pretty yes. movie. And you, but I mean, you could tell that that amount of filming outside, there was a lot of voiceover. Oh, a and ton. Then this, and then the ocean put back in. Yeah, Because that had to have been so tough. Um, let's add a Mori to this film. How do we do that? I'm ready. Go, please. I think a Mori, it would be both of them. T and Tamara would do okay. both of them at the same time. And they would be heading like a professional. I'm not I'm not sure what age they would have been in 98. Like, but like they would be actually like the heads of a professional women only blade team. Nice. That was like Gabriella's like dream team to be a part of. And she gets like accepted to like train with them or something. Like they were like the like women powered the two of them were like the heads of that. That would be, and they like, they're at the end. They're, it's just like a small part at the very end. That's great though, because this movie was lacking on female characters. So much, so much. The female character they had was awesome, but still seriously lacking. She held her own, but this would have been like a nice button. I would have added T and Tamara as well, but one of them would have been in the film and the other would have been the skate double. So one would have to go off and figure out how to actually skate. So you could look, one would just, it wouldn't matter which one. So one of them is actually in the film. The other has to Pick go become a professional skater somehow oh. and become that. Um, I, I, I want to ask you something because this, and then we got to get into Sabrina C's because I can't wait to see what you saw, which I didn't, which I'm sure is a lot. But I want to ask you one thing. Do you think this film would have benefited from some even inclination of a love story. I knew you were going to say that. I'm just yes. curious. You do? Yes. That was another thing that I don't, I don't remember there not being anything. And even when we, I rewatched it, I was like, oh, was there something between um, Gabriella and, uh, and Pete, the friend? And yes. I thought the same thing. I, you know how they, like they, she gives him his, her shoes. Like, yeah. I'm wondering, was there some type of scene or something that maybe hit the hit the floor later on, the cutting room floor? I because don't know. it definitely was built up. How do you not have a crush on her? How does every guy in this film not have a crush yeah. on Gabriella? I don't think it was it would have been necessary for Gabriella and Brink. I don't think No, not Brink. He's got too much going on. He's he's asleep yeah. by noon at school. He couldn't also add a girlfriend well, yeah. to that list. And she like gave it to him when he came and visited her. I mean, she really let him have it. It was a great scene too. We all need money. Yeah, that was You don't care that her, your no. best friend's family is suffering. You don't care because you all need money. Okay. All right, Gabrielle. We didn't even get into that. I know. I, that was that's the soul skating thing. 
I get it. But yes, I well, think a hint of I did too. a romance would have been a nice thing. A handhold, something like that. I'm like a rom-com addict. Me too. And I think you're 100% right. I think it's Gabriella and Pete mm-hmm. that have the little thing. So nice. And because they were, would be closer together when Brink left the team. Right. Love that. And actually, I wasn't the only one that thought that maybe there should be some sort of a romantic connection in this movie. Apparently, Yes. No, this movie. And again, talking about back in the day, this movie was one of the, I would say, first where there was really a ton of fanfic based around different possibilities of romantic connections in in the movie. (gasps) Oh, wow. So, I mean, I don't know when fan fiction really started, but the internet was in its infancy in 1998 in the early 2000s. So if this had a big fanfic community, this would be one of the first movies that really drew that in. Yeah. Anyway, can we do Sabrina C's? Sabrina C's. What did you see that I obviously did not? All right. Well, you saw a lot. I was, I I mean, I was so excited that you saw. So I'm glad I didn't choose those to talk about because one thing that it kind of irritated me for a while <laughs> was that after this whole you skate competition that happens during school, which we already talked about, was just yeah. absolute nonsense. It's so ridiculous. They all get suspended. All of them. And within, like, what, an hour later, they meet back up. Like, not one of them got grounded. I mean, he he was... Right. Not one of them got grounded. They were all hanging out. They talk about their parents being upset, but yet they're all hanging out in the same wardrobe. Like, they're all... It's the same day. Right. Good call. Nobody... There's no repercussions for getting kicked out of school. I didn't even think about that. No. Like, that was so straight. Like, one of them should have been missing practice or something. At least one. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not allowed to skate today or I've got to... It really I, irritated me, like, for a while because they kept that scene going. And then it was one. like, you know. Oh, it's a great so, one. And then the next one was, did you notice that, like, every kid's room, every set was, like... Decor was vomited on every wall. Like there was not one <laughs> inch was. of the background. Like I'm even like kind of going, what's going on in the background of my house right now? Like, is this too much? Because every there was like the um the uh, home economics room was where I really noticed it at yes. first. Was there was like this like pinata kind of stuff, and there was a cat on the wall, and there was this and that, and like the background was so insane. Then you get to Brink's room. Ugh. Brink's room was ridiculous. Yeah, it was nuts. I agree with you. Too caffeinated. When he is that what it was? <laughs> just like throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. We need we need pops of color. We need the. It was just so much. It was distracting for me in a lot of the scenes. I also took home ec. I took home ec, and you you while. You can get a little messy. You don't come the, out covered in flour. No, because uh, you have to go to school. You have to go to the rest of your classes. Yeah, they really they really went a little far with that powder. Yeah. I also didn't get why all of a sudden he, when he joined Team Blades, he had to hide his rollerblades. And uh, who's going to know? Who's going right. to notice? Is, is yeah. his family going to come in and go, you didn't have this shirt. Did you join another rollerblade? Yeah. Anyway. A small questionable of him wearing his sunglasses that was not going to uh, yeah. transform you into looking funny. I didn't recognize him. I didn't. I was like, wait, is that Brink? He's got sunglasses yeah. on. I didn't notice that. So there was, there, I will say there wasn't a lot of like super obvious crazy things. No. But there were, there were some. little, little things. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. Well, how should we rate this one? Should we rate this one in, what, should it be one to ten five forties? Rollerblades, helmets, 
Helmets that are unfastened. Okay, so how many, one to 10 unfastened helmets. I think that's the best <laughs> way to do it. What do you give this movie? I'm still sticking with an eight. Wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Your gear, eight unfastened helmets, because this is such a nostalgia thing for you. Absolutely. Okay. There were obviously things that drove me crazy that were just kind of picky. I was able to pick it apart very easily. However, I know how much I loved it, and I could see all of those reasons while we watched it. Okay. And I think that is worth giving it a, a solid eight. Okay. Not even a shaky, a okay. solid eight. I, um... I have to say, I'm bracing myself. I'm trying. I'm trying to watch as I'm thir- like I'm 13. It's tough for me. This was. I thought the acting was not as good as the other two films we've seen. I thought some of the script issues were. I, I'm going to give this a five. I, okay. I'm going to give this a five out of ten. I was thinking you were going to go like as low as a three, and I was no, gonna like no, no, literally have a <laughs> no. I would not do that because. And again, here's what saved it for me, Gabriella. Was Ugh, was awesome just... in this movie. The soundtrack was great. The movie mm-hmm. was very very pretty. Um, those three things. <laughs> and the skating was really. And the great. skating was really great. Even though I, it seemed like they were just doing the same four moves over and over. The talent of the skating was awesome. But that again is just me not knowing skating. That's all that <laughs> is. Because I will guarantee you they were doing stuff that I didn't notice. And um, oh, and the other thing. The, the director obviously knew how to shoot this in a way where you really couldn't tell the stunt doubles from the actors yeah. at the same time. So those those very positive things make this a five for me. And to show off the tricks, the yeah. angles that show like yes. show off the trick. It looked like a back in the day skate video. It did. Like those those montage. They did. It, it did. didn't look like too theatrical. They looked like a skate video, which is. Rat. And he's a big, a big camera spinner. The uh, the 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 director liked to do the care the the Quentin Tarantino camera circle. There were several uh-huh. scenes yeah. where the camera is just going around. But those are yeah. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a, a solid five. Unfastened safety helmets. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, our, that, that's it. That's that's Brink. Ooh. With, uh, with an exclamation oh, point. That was so fun. I hope I, we didn't crush anybody's spirits out there. I mean, I know you didn't have as much fun as I did. but I had I, fun. It just wasn't great. Okay. That's what I would say. I loved it. I know you did. I know. And I know for an entire generation, our, our producer Tara yes. essentially said to me the other day, if you, if you destroy this movie, I'm going to come find you. Yeah. These are for, for especially a certain age. This movie was hugely important to people. And so nostalgia factor off the charts, 10 out of 10 nostalgia. Yes. Actual film, probably a five for me. But <laughs> we're, we're getting through them. And the next movie, the next movie we're going to do is big. We are coming out firing on all cylinders. This one's a powerhouse. A powerhouse. Yes. Uh, it really is. So strike up Disney Plus again. So this is my first time seeing it. I haven't either. I haven't either. And I, you know, because it's past my time of even while I was a part of the channel. Right. I kept up with a lot of stuff while I was really a part of the channel. This is, you know, this was towards the end of it, if if even while I was there. Huge director, Kenny Ortega, and huge actors in it. So I'm 
excited. I am too. I mean, there are mega fans out there. Talk about something that's taken DCOMs to an entirely new level. Go to Disney Plus because we are going to be watching 2015's phenomenon the descendants we are going to get rotten to the core i cannot wait rotten to the core and flipping some hair wigs i really cannot wait production to see production value amazing big epic music yeah. driven oh wait is this a is descendants a musical yes oh geez i didn't know that anytime i say kenny ortega musical okay music and dancing Okay. Kenny Ortega. I got to know that. He was like Michael Jackson's like main choreographer. Yes. Join us and remember to subscribe to our feed. You can follow us at Magical Rewind Pod on the Instagram machine. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a bomb day. (laughs) Bye. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm, choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.